Welcome back to the Competing Biblically Podcast. Could you imagine engaging the sport in such a way that you were not thinking about yourself at all? Even just from last season, man, I have changed so much. When's the last time you've experienced that in sport? Because I, I think that that's part of God's design. I'm interested to see how this goes. All right, like I said, uh, Pancake, Seth, and Blair, if you haven't noticed, there's a name missing from that list, uh, but Nick is not with us tonight, so him and Lindsay were just blessed with the birth of Annika Mercy, Richmond. Um, so they're at home taking care of her. Yes, say a prayer for them if you have opportunity welcoming a new um, human being into their household and, and a new blessing from the Lord as, as they navigate the opportunities, the blessings, and the challenges of an infant. So he will not be with us tonight, but Blair is joining uh, Pancake and I tonight as he's done quite a few times, going to join us. And tonight we're talking about failure. And I think it's, we. so we just got off the competing biblically call um, and we were talking about winning like the and how we define winning here in competing biblically as glorifying God by closing the gap between potential and performance through the power of the spirit. And we talked about how we don't value winning like that comparative number that we see on the scoreboard. And obviously failure came up in that conversation. So it's kind of cool that we get to talk about kind of continue that conversation in a different manner now. Um, But with all that being said, uh, Pancake and Blair, good to be with you guys tonight. Good to have already had great conversation. How are you guys doing and, and how are you guys approaching this topic of failure? Uh, man, I, I think this topic uh, is a little fresh on my mind. We had our uh, third game of the season uh, this, well, today uh, at three. Um, got the opportunity. We're playing a, a bunch of good teams this year, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, lost by four, just played a great team, uh, played pretty well. I think we missed some things on the front end, came out a little flat on defense, but man, uh, it's a fresh topic, but it's an awesome topic. Uh, just talking with some people, we just got off the competing biblically call. If you guys are not a part of that, please join. It is awesome to have people involved in these conversations, uh, being able to share, uh, just what they think, what they're going through, and just talk about uh, where we're at in different positions. Uh, but man, yeah, uh, fresh on my mind, um, really ready and excited to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, and I just want to say one thing that I just sticking out, Nick not being here, but I think, Seth, we've met twice in person, maybe Zach, I think once in person. Um, just the way that it's really cool, because Nick and I, for a while, have been friends and um, we got introduced to this stuff over a decade ago. It just it started off with me just listening in because I was excited to hear about what you guys had to say about it, and just um, having the privilege of talking to you guys through this over probably like a year now of listening to you, and less than a year even just talking to you guys, and just how cool it is the way that God works um, by connecting people. Like there's no other reason that um, you know I, me you. Zach, Seth, why we would be on this call call at night and then on this recording here talking about this and just the fact that God's bringing people from three completely different perspectives on this idea, yet 
were singularly united um, because of what Christ did for us. And I think that's one of those things with, with failure. I think that's important and we'll get to tonight too is it has a lot to do with Christian athletes and Christian coaches. Um, parents, I think this is important for you too, is that we're talking a lot about identity, right? And so who we are um, as Christians really is foundational to understanding how we deal with failure. Yeah, thanks, Blair. And um, yeah, I think I'd like to open the conversation with that parable that we were talking about and and what failure really is and what it does. And I think it's helpful to start there in the sense that um, success can mask a lot of things. So actually, uh, we had someone stay after the competing biblically call and talking about negative culture because people are tired of losing. And um, I think one of the things that was brought up, I don't know which one of you guys talked, I think it was you, Zach, talked about um, they wanted to win to fix the team culture. And you were talking like those things are present whether they're winning or not, but failure just reveals those things. Losing reveals those things. And took me a little bit to to the parable that Jesus shares about building the house on the rock. You know, failure is like a storm. And this is found in Matthew 7 and, and Luke 6, where failure is like a storm. So if your house is built on the sand, if your culture, if your identity as an athlete or if your team culture is built in something that is based on, that is not a firm foundation, such as success, because success can come and go just like that, then um, then your attitude, your culture is going to wave with the wind. But what what failure is, is it's that storm. And it, it throws down, it reveals everything that is not built on a firm foundation, because in the midst of that firm foundation, even in failure, as Christians, if we're on that firm foundation, our our light, our example, our attitude with the way we compete is only going to shine brighter as the things around us crumble. And same thing, if you can get to the point where there's a team that's built on a foundation, which I don't think many of us have that privilege, but then that can even be as a unit, a shining light that the storms can come, the failure can come. And yet the thing doesn't collapse. It's just as steady as ever because it's built on something more firm than just winning and losing, which can come and go with the wind. Yeah. And I think that that idea about winning and losing so often coming like the wind, there are so many times in sports where the actual outcome of a game, a win or loss might be out of our hands, right? Like, if you play defense and, you're, and the offense didn't score enough um, or whether you play offense and the defense just couldn't stop on you, you just couldn't keep up with it. Um, maybe you're a coach and, you know, you thought you put your kids in the right positions, but maybe, you know, a kid got sick or a kid got hurt and you don't have that person where there's so many things that are so outside of our control, um, you know, that I think we have to understand that, right? Like we don't understand when the storm is going to come or how that's going to go. And we were talking about, you know, being a part of a team where maybe you just don't win at all, right? Um, but yet it is important to kind of understand that there is this culture or a part of where failure is looked at as something that needs to be fixed in order for your identity to be okay, right? Like you need to and, – and they talk – a lot of sports people, coaches, um, athletes, professionalizers are going to talk about, you know, like – you can learn from from your losses. Um, 
but we really generally only celebrate the loss or the failure when that person then eventually becomes successful. It's like when that person wins a Super Bowl, we look at their past failures and say, see, now they're better because they came out of it, where I think there is a different conversation to be had when at the moment, right? Like just talking to Zach, you're talking now, right? Like you guys didn't win your game today. We're talking about that. But Zach's attitude and approach in the past, you know, hour and a half, two hours we've been on the call hasn't really changed. And his excitement about talking about how God and listening to the back end when he was sharing today, but just how God has changed his approach to sport. You can see that difference there and understand that and say, okay, so losing failure in the world's eyes for this guy is different. And you might have to ask like, well, why is that? And for me, I think it really comes down to identity. And that's what, you know, Jesus talks about Matthew seven in the beginning. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So taking the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. Right. And so what does that mean for us in sport is that when we lose a game, our identity shouldn't shift and change because we know who we are because Christ gave us great hope in our identity that is with him because of what he did, not because of anything we do. Yeah. And, and speaking of what you were talking about, Blair, something interesting that, so um, the head coach that I played for and he now coaches the girls, I am the assistant coach to him. We've been on a couple of bus rides and I remember these conversations. He talks about FCA and, and Christian like sports ministry. And he goes, we always, put the guys up on stage who have all the wins, have all the national championships. And we listen to all those people. And this stuck out to me. He said, I want to hear the guy who's been coaching, you know, the high school team who struggled to get over 500 for 12 years and yet is still there to invest in those kids and in those athletes. And I want to hear from him, what makes him go, you know, what convicts him, what drives him um, just as much as I want to hear from you know, these national championship football coaches, um, because there is just as much there, if not more than there is in success, because failure really is a revealer. And I think a couple of things. So as a coach and as an athlete, I think one of the greatest advantages of sport in our walk is that it is impossible to avoid failure. We must walk through it. And it teaches us how to navigate disappointment and failure. And so as an athlete, we have a responsibility to model Christ through failure. And like we're talking about, adversity is actually the greatest opportunity for Christ's light to shine through us because the word says, let me see, I have my notes here. I took note of this scripture. In Matthew 5, Jesus talks about like, what reward is it to you if you love those who love you? Don't even the Gentiles do that? Um, so saying when things are, if you act right, when things are right, then everyone does that. So in the same sense, what kind of, what is it to you if you have a good attitude when things are going well, don't, doesn't even the world do that, but you know, great is your reward. If you have a, the same attitude, the same consistency, even when things are not going well. So adversity and failure is the greatest opportunity for us as athletes to be able to be an example and a model and point to Christ. And as a coach, I've 
believe that coaching through losses is one of the most important things that we can do to equip our athletes to navigate life. Um, and that's one of my favorite things to do as a coach is to to coach through disappointment and failure because we are bound to face it. And sport is one of the only arenas that it is impossible to run from. Um, there's going to be heartbreak. There's going to be tears. There's going to be high hopes. There's going to be really high highs and there's going to be really low lows. Um, and as a coach, we have a responsibility. Like failure is an opportunity for us as a coach because we have a responsibility as a leader and a guide to navigate our coaches and athletes through those times because these are skills and these are principles and convictions that take faith away from it. They're going to need to walk through from life. And then let alone through faith, these are things that we need to point to Christ and how Christ would have us navigate failure and success. So we can't avoid, as a matter of fact, we should take upon ourselves the opportunity of failure. And I think that's a, that's a good place to, to launch the conversation from. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're not only just called to like tolerate failure. Um, we're not called to tolerate adversity mm-hmm. as Christians. Um, every time we talk about this topic, this verse runs through my head. Um, in Romans five, uh, it talks about rejoicing in suffering, not just, uh, being there for suffering, not just, uh, trudging through, not just, uh, hoping that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but knowing, I mean, Blair, I love what you said earlier that like knowing first of all, our identity is Christ. The first verse of this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that is the basis of our peace uh, and not only peace, but rejoicing and failure is like knowing who we are in Christ eliminates the need for us to be so pained by failure um, because, I mean, a lot of the world around sports has found their identities in wins and losses. Um, Seth, like you said, like when we're throwing guys up on the stage uh, that are national champions and have been uh, winning and winning conferences for this long and won all through college, like when we're uh, uplifting these people, um, which is good, they've done good in their career. But I mean, like we talked about earlier, there's such a, a masking of problems that they have, problems that the team might have just because they have winning records. Um, so as Christians, we're, we're supposed to have our identity wrapped up, not in a win, not in a loss, not in my statistics, not in uh, what the scoreboard says at the end of one game. But since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that is the essence of what we're talking about tonight. We are like, we're not here so that we can coach you through getting to failure so you can start winning games. We're not here to say, oh, just ignore failure um, because you'll eventually win something. No, like we are called to rejoice. Uh, I mean, it, in a very uh, weak uh weak term of suffering uh, for sports uh, is a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, suffering that we talk about in scripture is persecution and uh, all these things. But in, in sports, that is 
what we have in suffering is like we have a losing season, we have a losing record. Um, we're maybe um, we're sitting the bench the whole season. We got benched. We're not. I'm not starting. Um, when we talk about failure, those are all things that people will try to identify you as. Uh, they will try. I, I love Seth um, when we get into Zencaster and we have the title of the podcast over it. Um, the title for tonight is just failure. It's just the word failure over my little screen. Um, and it's just awesome. I mean, Blair, you brought up scripture earlier um, and I blank on the passage that it's from. But like, man, in failure, uh, I am so weak and I'm so uh, belittled. But Christ is so much more uh, magnified in that. We have such a better, uh, I would say, overwinning. We have such a better opportunity, not only just to magnify Christ, but to be magnified by Christ. Is like, man, like in my weakness, or not be magnified by Christ, but magnify Christ through us. Um, that in my failure, in my weaknesses, man, Christ is made strong and Christ is made big. Yeah, I I think that's so helpful because I, I think, Zach, you brought up a point that I think is important because failure can look different to different people in sport too, um, where I think the, the New England Patriots model is always helpful because like for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for a while, not winning a Super Bowl was a failure, right? Hmm. Where to other teams in the NFL, it was, you know, making the playoffs for the for for a team might have been like great success, right? So we, I, we sometimes, I think in the world of sport, change that model and so we kind of set standards for ourselves so it might be you're the varsity starter but you didn't have the statistics that you wanted in the game or and it might not be losing you know what i'm saying because there's sometimes where kids they are on a winning team but they're not getting the points they want or the shots they want and they're there's they think they're failing there um and there's lots of winning but they're not getting what they want um where you know some kids on a team might not care about as much winning or losing and it's about because they're not getting their stats or whatever, um, or they're just happy they're getting their stats, whatever. But what I'm, I'm kind of thinking through here too, as you guys are saying that, Zach, I think it's so important to understand that failure is a part of this according to the world of sports. Like that's going to come. Like no one walks through sport and doesn't ex- experience failure. And I think the differentiation of like biblical suffering and this suffering is important too, because again, sports, again, yes. um, but I think it's great to have the experience and feel that a little bit, because I know for me, just in coaching the past handful of years, I know that in those harder times when failure is real, um, the Lord is, is really, really drawing me close to him. And I feel like there's times where it, it really forced me to lean in on him where I feel in times where the seasons might be going a little bit too well or well, whatever, it's a little bit easier to pull back on that. So I think that's helpful because again, that verse that uh, Zach, you started talking through was at the end of it says, it says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it's not about my strength. It's about Christ. Um, for the for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Why am I strong? Because my weakness shows that anything good coming out of me um, really is Christ. And earlier in Second Corinthians, it talks about, therefore, if anyone is in, in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So 
we're new because we are in Christ. And I just thought about, um, there's an example. I'm not sure if I shared it on here or shared it on the call that I just think about that God really changed my heart. And this is not a, like I figured it out. I think one of the things we were talking about earlier um, was that this is coming from a posture of trying to figure this out as we go through and asking God to help us is we were, I was coaching a game this year and we were playing a team. We were up 16 with like seven minutes to go in the game and we end up losing in overtime <laughs> and it was rough. Um, we were in a good spot. That team was really good. We were playing. They eventually won the state championship and we were just, we were in so many good spots and good ways. And we had chances of winning even when we got tied up. Um, but our seniors were like crushed because we dropped to 0-2 early in the year. Um, and I just remember just feeling a little bit of like like on my own. But I just remember like God really put on my heart to go tell every single one of those seniors and kids that were playing there just to grab them and say, hey, like that scoreboard up there doesn't change what I feel about you and how I care about you. Right. Hmm. Like who you are to me is not the win and the loss there or what you produce. And I, God just put it on my heart and I went and did it. And and this is just and, and it's only the Holy Spirit because I would have not have done it on my own because five, six years ago, three years ago, four years ago, maybe even two years ago, I would have been with the coaches kind of in a circle, you know, kind of muddling through why we lost and what happened and how bad it was. Cause it was, it was a bad loss. It was a, it was bad. Um, but I remember just taking the time and just going to each one of those kids and put my arm around and saying, listen, this, this hurts. It's not good. Right. It's, it's, it's a hardship. It's, you know, for what they felt like, right. Um, it's not a good situation, but just so you know how I feel about you, it, it's not the wins and the loss, right? It's about it's about how I care about you as a person is not dictated upon the end goal of that scoreboard. And I think that's important for us to understand and to feel that. And the Lord doing that um, in my heart is big because uh, we were talking earlier in the call for me. I, I really, especially, and I would say when I competed in track in college, I really, I I really connected my identity to winning and losing. And for me, it was more of like success and how far I threw, whether it was a shot with the hammer or whatever. Um, when I didn't do well or do what I was expected to do, um, I felt like I was letting a lot of people down and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so I really took that hard. And so I always felt like I was doing it for others. And so when I didn't, I felt like I was failing. Um, and then when I would get that success, Zach, you were talking about this earlier too. I don't know if it was on here or before, but just like it's kind of fleeting, that success. But the failure is 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 a hard thing when it's especially when it's connected to your identity. But when you are on that foundation that your identity is found in the fact that the old has passed and the new has come, then we can walk through those hardships like, like that the um, – they talk about later in second Corinthians 12 that Zach, you brought up is that we can do that because we are new, not because of our own doing, but because of Christ. And if you look at that, like, you know, he, we are made perfect in our weaknesses. If you look at the old Testament, the people that God chose to mm -hmm. lead the people of Israel and just the people of Israel themselves, right? Like who they were, um, whether it's, you know, I, I think of people like Jacob, I think of even Moses, like think about what Moses did. Yeah, Moses was afraid to go talk to Pharaoh, right? Like he wasn't like probably the best choice in man's eyes, but God doesn't need our quote unquote human strengths. He needs our hearts or he, he not needs it, but he desires our hearts, 
right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important there to think about that as we go, where is our heart with a lot of this? Yeah. Yeah, that was something super cool uh, that we just talked about on the call. It was like, man, like winning and losing. Uh, when we look at that from a success, success and failure standpoint, uh, when we look at the parable of the widow, uh, when we see these rich men dropping in uh, generous, generous donations, and we see a widow come up and put, uh, I think the word was two cents or two, uh, it was worth fractions of a penny. Uh And Jesus brings his disciples aside and he's like, look, like she is the one who has given more Um, because we see like Jesus doesn't pick out the amount of money that was given. Uh, And I think we can very quickly and easily apply that to sports is like Jesus is not looking at you for how many goals you are scoring for how many wins you are getting in a season or for how many winning seasons you have. I know coaches um, a lot of coaches just have their entire identity whether it's their own choice or whether it's the choice of their school or their conference have their identity defined by the amount of winning seasons the amount of wins in a year Um, jesus is very quick to pull his disciples aside and say no like i I care about the heart about what you're doing Uh, and we said you know we can have winning games where i mean we have winning games where there's a couple of cheap plays and no call from a ref. And like, we've won the game that were we right in doing that was our heart right in doing that. Is that glorifying to the Lord because we won? Not at all. Uh, so I think when we, when we talk about winning and losing, uh, we really have to dig into that heart issue, uh, of like, why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this? Yeah, Zach. And I, I appreciate how you're living this out. So Zach, I don't know if you mentioned at the beginning of when we started recording, but plays a game today, loses by four, which in lacrosse terms, that's a pretty close game. Um, comes in, we're, and we're talking about winning and losing and failure tonight. And man, Zach shares, Zach's attitude is, I mean, doesn't skip a beat. And I think that's, that is um, revealing about what God has done, Zach, in your heart. And um, like a thought, You know, I was going through some of the competing biblically stuff, like seeing how does this apply to failure? And the verse, a verse we've referenced quite a few times, quite a few times, if uh, Ephesians, no, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and it talks about for the love of Christ controls us. And we use that for the motivation of love. We're motivated by Christ. Love holds it together. The love of Christ is what controls us, holds us together. Um, And I just substitute that like the love of winning and think about how unstable that is and thinking about, so post game or maybe the week of practice after a game, um, a tough game, a game of failure. Does my attitude, does my, do I see my role as different after losing, after failure? And if so, what does that what does that reveal about the value I place on this worldly success of winning? So looking at how we coach failure, I think is really important. So like, is my attitude after the game, a result of the scoreboard? Um, and like as a coach, after we, we fail, I want to like, I wrote down coaching the team, not the result. So 
I can, Blair, I think your example about the football game is perfect of this. Like I'm still coaching what resulted, what was on the field or what was on the track, you know, whatever your context is, what was on display there. And that's what I'm coaching regardless of the result. Um, Because sometimes we can coach the result and talk about how we failed because we did this, this, and you didn't do this and we need to do better at this. And maybe those things are true, but I think, of a more right standing heart would say, all right, this is our performance tonight. This is what we did. Well, this is what we did bad. Um, this is what our attitude showed. And we need to coach the team through this, not just coach the result and be rooted in frustration. And as a player, I can still go up and say to my fellow teammates, Hey, you gave all you had to the last minute, even though, the last 10 minutes, the the score was far enough apart that I knew we weren't going to win. But yet, I still see you leading the guys and doing really well. Hey, you kept your composure even though you had a couple of calls go against you. or um, or And also giving some critical advice like, hey, you know, we always get scored on the last few minutes of the half. We need to close out the half better. But like coaching the team and not just coaching the result um, – I think is really important in failure as a coach and as an athlete that seeing that our role hasn't really changed. And if our attitude greatly, and I'm not saying there's not a level of disappointment, especially if you like lose a game in overtime, there's a, a level of disappointment there, but our, our role, our words, what we have to offer the team should not change that much based on what is, what the numbers on the scoreboard are. Seth, uh, that was awesome. I mean, I love, uh, just that idea uh, of coaching uh, just the player instead of result. That's uh, something super cool that, I mean, I haven't seen a lot in my life. Um, and it's starting to change, uh, which is really cool. Our coach is starting to move into this more uh, of a, I mean, Cam said it early on the call, but this process over results uh, kind of ordeal. Um, and the same thing uh, as uh, where I was leading to it uh, also has to do with the framework. Uh, it was leading it to a uh, new mind is like one of the things that we talk about a lot with this stuff is like, especially for us, this temptation does not go away. I, I heard this uh, quote on a podcast. It's called the just different podcast. Uh, I haven't listened to a whole bunch of their stuff. Um, but one of the guys on there said this really profound thing of like, when we are saved, uh, our, our, our security and our eternal security is forever rooted in Christ. However, our mind is still the same. Uh, and that's why we're called in Romans 12, 1 and 2 that we talk about on the podcast to renew your mind through scripture. Um, because like our mind and our temptations uh, just aren't magically going to shift or go away. Um, this temptation of winning is still present in my mind and my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something uh, that, I mean, Blair and Seth, that you would agree with. I know Nick would agree with of like this temptation, no matter what it is, um, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm getting a lot better um, at having a better attitude when it comes to losing in sports. But man, I I mean, I was conflicted uh, just a couple weeks ago. My girlfriend was home uh, for a break and we played a board game and I lost and I was upset. Like when I tell you I was upset, I was angry. I was angry that the game was still in front of me. I was angry. I, ju- I just had a terrible attitude 
And then, I mean, she called me out on it. She was like, look, like you, you do all this stuff um, through faith specifically for winning and losing. And like, man, it comes to a board game. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Oh, go You're Abby. Right. And yeah, she, she called me out, which was awesome. Uh, and she actually used, I think a quote from me, which was, uh, just really good. But, um, yeah, like it, it, it is something, uh, that doesn't go away because I mean, the enemy doesn't want it to go away. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be in your life, in your face. People are going to use it against you, uh, specifically to cause you to stumble. And, and man, I think one of the things, uh, that I was, I've been reading about, uh, in my personal life, uh, just reading in the time is like, uh, in Proverbs, a whole bunch, it tells us that when we fall down, we get back up. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something that's not done in our own strength. It's not this idea of like, man, uh, I responded badly. I got to pull my bootstraps up. Um, me and Blair were talking about this a lot is like, man, and, uh, Bob Bennett actually on the call, um, we're talking about failure and we're talking about even in ministry, uh, there's been times where like, I've got this stuff figured out and I go out on the field and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I got it. And uh, it just ends in failure. Uh, and so I want to encourage, uh, the people listening, um, continue in what you're doing, but not by your own power. Um, Mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to do this by yourself. Uh, that is why, um, the only reason I'm able to have this good attitude is because Christ uh, has started to renew my mind. Uh, Christ has been able to show me uh, that ultimately my identity is in him. Uh, And with the help of Nick, Seth, Blair, the guys on the call, all this stuff. And that's why we encourage you guys to get on the call. It's like, man, community helps with so much of this because we're able to flesh this stuff out in conversations with specifics. Um, so yeah, I would just encourage you guys, as you look at this stuff, um, know that that temptation is going to be there and know that, I mean, you are not going to get through it on your own. Uh, you need the power of Christ to be able to overcome. We are, we are called conquerors in Christ, but apart from Christ, we have nothing. Yeah. I like the, um, I think it's just so important because I think, Zach, when you said that there, that it's all aspects of life, like you may be doing a really good job at that, like what God's calling you in lacrosse, but then it comes down to with your girlfriend and your behavior is I was convicted, even when you said it as just how, like, I feel like the Lord is definitely teaching me how to like love and care for my athletes. Like Seth, your, your way of saying coaching the team over the result. I think that's just really, really helpful there. Um, is, you know, I think about that with my kids, like how am I with my, am I say my kids, my sons, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and my gosh, like they are high, strong, normal boys, but they are five and two-year-old boys. And how often do I need to be better at, you know, parenting them, loving them hmm. for who they are as, you know, God's gift to me and my wife, um, not the results of what their actions are, which um, their actions against each other and to us can be woof. Um, and so I think that's important. I also think the one thing too, that really it, it just kind of listen to you guys talk about this is that the, it, this, the answer for how to deal with success and failure is the same answer. 
right? Yeah. All of these things come down to the same answer, right? It's a changed heart. It is not um, something done by our own works or something done because we are a phenomenal Christian athlete or Christian coach um, or just a phenomenal coach or athlete. Like those things don't just come. Those things come from a renewed mind, a renewed heart, all those things that we've already mentioned, but it's kind of almost the same answer, right? So how do you deal with things, right? It goes back to Philippians. I know how to do with a little, I know how to do with a lot. Um, and so the answer is we can do all things through Christ, not through our own strength, right? And mm-hmm. we always love, you know, you, you guys talked about that. I think that was the intro one. I just listened to that the other day. Um, and just how important it is to understand that God is patient with us and that we are going to fail at dealing with failure. We're going to be bad at it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy thing because we do have stuff in our heart that needs to be changed. And I think the more the more that we draw ourselves away from that stuff is only done through a change in our hearts. And that's the only way I think that it can ever be fully comprehended. And then again, trusting and knowing that it's a process that it's going to like, it's going to take a lot of maneuvering and going back and forth, but just really understanding that I think in all those verses we share, whether it's second Corinthians or Matthew seven, um, failure is going to come. Hard times will come. That is, that is, that is a guarantee. Like you can guarantee that in so many ways, things, bad things will happen. Um, and it just comes down to what is our identity in, where's our foundation, um, and whose we are. We are gods. And that is something that is the, the creator of the universe. I, I lead an FCA huddle and our girls that were leading about a month ago or so were just talking about the the craziness of the fact that the creator of the universe, Louis Giglio does a lot of stuff with this. And I think it's really, really cool to listen to when he talks through it that the creator of the universe is mindful of us, right? And he cares just as much about Zach's, you know, game tonight as he does about, you know, the kid that's got a win tonight, you know, across the country and I don't know, California. They play across in California. I don't know. Um, But he cares just as much about those things because he can and he does. And I just think that's something to just – really hold on to is just really helpful in understanding this, that he is with us and he is for us. I think that's just, for me, very encouraged just listening to talking to you guys through this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to close, which this time has just flown by, um, which is crazy, but I want to close by just, um, I want to highlight someone, share a thought. And that is, we talk about success and and failure. And I appreciate what you shared, Blair, that it's really the same thing. Like our call is the same because it is. And the reason for that is we are fundamentally on a different mission than others in the world of sport. People are out to win and we are fundamentally on a different mission. How do we, how do we say that in competing biblically? We say glorifying God by closing the gap between potential and performance through the power of the spirit. That is our mission, um, and that's our best attempt to define the mission that we're on. Um, but we are on fundamentally a different mission. And so I assist with the boys, our boys' soccer team in the fall, with Kyle. Kyle listens, so shout out to you, Kyle. I really want to highlight him because 
He took over a program and the last two seasons, he has not won a single game. And this is a program that historically has done well and it's none of his own doing. I mean, we have, we've had very little talent. Um, so it's not of his own doing, but it's been a trial. And so I asked his thoughts about failure in the world's eyes before tonight. And I thought it'd be great to get his perspective. We've walked through all this together and we've talked a lot about this stuff together. And I appreciate his resolve to do things right. His confidence is what shocked me he, where he says, I, he does not feel like a failure, even though he does in some aspects. I know he struggles with it. But, but, he's, but he talks about how um, I am not here just to coach soccer. I'm here to coach young men. And I feel like I've coached young men. And I feel like God has been using me. And I feel like we have won in a lot of areas. And he says, I know the wins by the scoreboard. I know they're going to come. They're going to come eventually. That's part of sport. But he said, but he just talked about how, like, I have done what I've set out to do. And I think that speaks a lot to where he's at. And I'm not saying that we have done this well, or he's done it well or perfect because we've sat there after losses and hashed things out and struggled and wrestled with these things. But it's great to be able to see that resolve and to see what God is doing beyond just the scoreboard um, and what he's been able to use his, his platform and opportunity as a coach to coach these young men through um, and the connections he's been able to make. And he talks in, he talks about his relationship with, with the guys all the time and what he's able to, to walk with them through and the program he's trying to build and the principles he's trying to instill in a program that take time. They take time. Not all the guys get it. Um, and none of the guys ever, not all of the guys probably ever will get it, but these things take time. And, um, so I just want to shout you out, Kyle, and, and say how proud we are of you. And, and it's easy. Like coach, like I was talking about our Coach V, our head coach for the girls. You know, yeah, we talked to all the people who won the national and conference championships. But, man, let's hear about the people who have failed by the world standards and are still doing this, still have that resolve, that strong will to do things God's way, God's power, and God's glory. But anyways, we went a little bit over. Uh, this episode, sorry y'all for holding you an extra few minutes, but we appreciate the time to be able to spend with you. Like Zach said, hop on those calls. We'd love to get to know you, include you in the conversation. Um, it's very helpful for us to be able to sharpen one another. That link is always down below. And if you have picked us up more recently, go back and listen from the beginning. So we talk about you know, these things from the framework. We laid out the framework in the first season, like the first 29 episodes or 30 episodes, something like that. Go back and listen to those because that is informing everything we're talking about now. But with that being said, uh, we hope that you guys found encouragement from this episode. We hope Nick and Lindsay are doing well with baby Annika. Thank you, Blair, for hopping on with us as always and, and appreciate your input. And we will talk to you guys next time where I believe we're talking about playing time, which should be, which should be a good and interesting one. 